The discussions that take place during this episode may contain topics that are controversial, sensitive, explicit, offensive, and or an inaccurate or outdated representation and or mistreatment of marginalized peoples and or cultures. This content may not be appropriate for everyone. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to entertain. While we always do our best to present factual and researched information, this does not indicate that everything said on the We Watch Disney podcast is factually and or historically accurate. We encourage you, the listener, to engage in your own research as well. Please use discretion when enjoying our show. And now, let's get on with the show. Listening to you're listening to you're listening to you're listening to you're listening to the, the We Watch, Watch Disney, Disney podcast. podcast. We're going wherever you take us, buddy. Wherever you take us, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the moon. You can go to the moon. Yeah. I don't want to go. You guys can go. You don't want to go to the moon. I'll drive you to the airport. Where do you want to go? Um. The airport no. that has. She's like my apartment with a cat. <laughs> She's gonna drive to the airport that has a plane for the moon. <laughs> Michael, anytime you wanna kick I us off. Done this in a while. Man. I know you forgot the words. You know yeah. what you say? No, I, I, my line's really hard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Let me count you in. Don't do like show business. Like Three, two, one, action. Five, four, three. And we're back. I think wow. we found something that works now. Wow, that was good. So that great. was really good. I'm just gonna do it every wow. time now. Perfect. Straight from Hillary's apartment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a We Watch Minus Disney podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is a We Watch Disney podcast, a place where we chronologically review everything through the decades on Disney Plus. I think we know who's here. We all announced ourselves. Everybody but Hillary is here this week. She was uh, gracious enough to give us her apartment to record in. Yeah. And we were gracious enough to say thank you. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll take you up on that. We wanted to see the cats. Yeah, cats are here too. Hi, cats. Yeah, one's watching squirrels. Where's the other one? I don't know. Finding just... treats. Yeah, he disappeared. Yeah. He'll show up eventually. Probably like right here near the microphone. Yeah, yeah. probably and purring. <laughs> well, how unlucky of Hillary because she's missing. Uh, we we decided this before you guys got here. This is our last week of shorts. Forever. I thought oh. I already thought that was the. I thought we knew no, that already. We had we had one more we had week. One more. Yeah. And we, we watched these shorts this week. You didn't like them? Oh, I, I like them. But oh, they we, were funny. We, we said, <laughs> do we need to do this anymore, these shorts? More like I said that. I said, do we need Victoria to do said, do we need to do this anymore? Do we need to do these shorts? Yeah, and Dan was like, so I was like, all right, gotta watch them. No. I'll look and see if there's anything noteworthy in the one last week that we had. No, there's nothing noteworthy. It's Donald shorts. Okay. We know the deal with Donald Shorts. He gets Donald beat. always gets passed up. He gets his, he gets his shit seat Donald in Shor- for like, Donald yeah. Shorts, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is it. This is the last week of shorts. If we were going to end with any shorts, I'm happy it's these. I personally liked the goofy ones. I think the best of any other shorts we've seen. Really? Okay. I think because he appears to be somewhat of an idiot, (laughs) and I find that relatable. (laughs) Oddly charming, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I love goofy. I mean, I like Goofy, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, it is Goofy Week here at We Watch Disney. We have four shorts, all from the Goofy How-To series. First up, it's How to Play Baseball, then How to Swim, How to Fish, and then finally How to Play Football. Did you even really learn how to do any of those things <laughs> by the end? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> we should all be expert fishermen, 
football players Baseball. and swimmers. Yeah, by the end of this. <laughs> Got this. Or at least try to be. Um, yeah, so are we ready? Are we ready to get this one let's, going? Let's go. All right. So first, since not these shorts don't have a lot of background, I'm just going to do a little background on Goofy itself because we really never talked about, like, Goofy. Mm -hmm. So Goofy, full name G.G. Goofy Goof, <laughs> also known as Dippy Dog, George oh, yeah. G. Geef, Goofus D. Dog, Goofy G. Goof, and Super Goof. Wow, that's a lot of, a lot of aliens. A lot of for one, he goes by a lot of goofy. names. Yeah. Yeah. He is a tall anthropomorphic dog, close friends of Mickey and Donald, and the father of Max Goof. Normally he's characterized as hopelessly clumsy and dim-witted, though sometimes he's kind of clever with his own you know, intuitive way, with his own eccentric <laughs> nature. A Alex is sitting there going, me too. <laughs> <laughs> he's relatable. That. He's a man. He's he a common is. man. Yeah. He is. According to original voice actor Pinto Kaldvig, he was inspired by, and I'm quoting here, a grinning half-baked village nitwit <laughs> from his hometown, so he's a real person, of Jacksonville, Oregon, and based his mannerisms on a character he created named the Oregon Apple Knocker. So this is based on a real nimwit, apparently. Wow. That guy is like, he lives in infamy. He was nice to not name him. I hope he knows who it is. I'm sure he does. Like, I hope that the guy who it's about knew. He yeah. should get credit. Yeah, I should. wonder what made Goofy stick of all the names. I don't know. I yeah, because like they, the they started they yeah. started out as Dippy Dog, and then mm -hmm. they made an adjustment somewhere down the line. Um, but anyway, after a discussion with Walt and director Wilford Jackson, it was decided that the character would be a new member of the expanding Mickey Mouse crew. Art Babbitt is credited for developing the character into what we would further know today, and he described him in a similar way, comparing him to a gullible Good Samaritan, a halfwit this time, wow. and a good-natured hick, were the oh, words right. I used to describe him. So the, okay. these are all so politically they're correct. They're like they're kind of backhanded compliments, you know. Yeah. It, it, like, I mean, uh, if he threw a good Samaritan, then he followed up with that? a good-natured hick. How do you yeah, say like good-natured but hick? Yeah. yeah. Good Samaritan, how, but all those nasty things. How do you say? How do you say backhanded compliment opposite? Uh, forward insult. Yeah. Is that a thing? Front-footed insult. There you go. I think that might be it. <laughs> okay. If it's not, that's, that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. It's a front-footed insult. <laughs> he would make his debut on May 27, 1932 in Mickey's Review and would appear for us for, uh, the first time back in Episode 2 in Ye Olden Days as the villain Dippy Dog. From there, he would appear alongside Mickey and Donald in trio shorts like we've already seen, like Lonesome Ghosts and Clock Cleaners, those kind. His role would change here as Donald was the easily frustrated grumpy one, Mickey the more gentle, laid-back one, so Goofy's role would turn into more, well, Goofy, dopey, Mickey, comic relief. Wait, Mickey gentle, laid-back, is that what you just said? Yeah, like not really like uh, <laughs> being, he, he's just kind of the straight man, I guess you would say. I don't say, know, Mickey's trio. kind of a douche to me, but all right. <laughs> But yeah, Goofy's the one that's the comic relief. He's constantly getting tangled up and beat up and getting knocked out. So, As Goofy's popularity grew within Disney, they tried to test out other ways to showcase him. He first received uh, his solo cartoon in 1939 called Goofy and Wilbur. I'm upset this is not on Disney Plus because it's where his pet grasshopper, Wilbur, would help him fish. Damn it. And now we just got a how-to short of how to fish. Would help him fish? Like, the grasshopper would help him it. fish. As the bait, right? That's what I thought, too. <laughs> so, like, wait. so you just hook this on my back here. Yeah. Just, I'll just swim. Yeah. Uh, from here, animator Jack Kinney would take over the Goofy cartoons with a second short called Goofy's Glider. His Goofy shorts would be more fast-paced and chaotic, similar to what's now being created at Warner Brothers and, and MGM. Think like the Looney Tunes shorts and like Tom and Jerry. 
Kenny, when studying Goofy, noticed he was long and lean, and as a result, he can move him and put him into, like, crazy poses. That would be funny. Um, he then had the idea of placing Goofy in how-to shorts, um, in which Goofy would demonstrate, albeit poorly, how to, like, perform certain activities in sports. Fast forward to episode 15 of the We Watch Disney podcast. The first how-to short would appear in a movie, The Reluctant Dragon. The short was How to Ride a Horse, and this was done to establish the tone and style of these how-to shorts, familiarizing them with the audience. Well, there's only one problem. In 1937, Pinto Kolvig, the original voice of Goofy, has a falling out with Disney. Oh, no. He leaves the studio altogether, and as a result, leaves Goofy without a voice. It's like when Goofy storms out of the photo place in a Goofy movie. Exactly like that. Except he gets fired. Yeah, he got fired from that job. But, uh, so without a voice, the solution that they came up with is that they were just going to use whatever archive audio that they have from Pinto Colvig in their library, and they were going to use voice artist Danny Webb to record some new uh, dialogue, and most importantly, pair the shorts with a narrator to do 90% of the talking, while Goofy is just on screen performing, and, you know, so you don't have to worry about him saying what, how to swim and stuff like that. Hmm. The narrator... How would, how would Goofy say that? Well, I'm just saying, you don't even have to worry about that. No, yet. I'm just saying, how would it sound? Well, I don't do the Goofy voice, like, right? Like, go Govig, or whatever the hell's name was. What do you want me to say? How would Goofy describe fishing? Oh, that's... How would, okay, how, how, how would Goofy describe how baseball is played? He just wants to do a stupid sound. Just do it. No, I'm trying to figure out how he would say that. Because <laughs> he's thick. <laughs> how would Goofy describe drinking this soda in front of you right now? What would he say? No idea. How do you drink a soda? I don't know! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway. That narrator would be John McLeish, and he was chosen due to his deep voice and his love to recite Shakespeare. Oh, wait, his his love of Shakespeare? His love of Shakespeare. He's he's an employee of Walt Disney. Colvig would ultimately return in 1941, just before these shorts came out, and would resume the voice of Goofy until 1967. So in the end, he's back, he does the voice going forward, but they still have these shorts with the narrator that they're doing. John McLeish began at Disney initially as a writer for two years. He had some brief voice roles in Pinocchio and Dumbo. Um, when they started coming up with the how-to shorts, they quickly realized that he had an educated, sophisticated sounding voice, and it would be perfect to kind of like uh, counter what Goofy's doing. Yeah, he sounds a little pretentious. A little bit. That's kind of what they, he's going for, I guess. Yeah. Um, he was apparently a very serious and dignified person, and the staff decided not to explain to him exactly what these shorts were going to be. Oh. So, so that he could, like, keep the similar, like, nature of, like, an actual educational how-to video. Oh, okay. Not realizing, I guess, until they came out, like, he was bamboozled, and, like, Goofy is wow. making a fool of himself <laughs> in these shorts. Poor guy. Right? That's great. He was bamboozled. From all the years until now, Goofy has certainly slowed down. In, uh, he hasn't slowed down in terms of popularity. If anything, he's probably grown more. Um, he's, he's probably one of the more lovable ones. I would say maybe outside of, like, Mickey, he might be the second one in terms of popularity. I like Goofy. Uh, Donald. Donald's the only one I could think of, maybe, who might be more popular than Goofy. But he's definitely... I mean, he, in the parks, he's... He's very popular. Everywhere. We're talking Barnstormer. Yeah. Goofy's Fly School in Cal, uh, in California. He's the conductor. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Stage manager Goofy. Mickey's Philhar Magic. Yeah. Meet and greet spot in all four parks in Disney World. So he's everywhere. He's got the Goofy's Candy in Disney yeah. Springs, too. So. Yuck. I've got to pull up the curtain. 
<laughs> Film and TV wise, he had two movies of his own: a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie. Those are such good movies. I love those. I movies. love the goofy movie. I don't yeah. know if I ever saw the oh, second you would, uh, one. Extremely. I don't think I've seen the second one either. The second actually. one's not bad. It's not as good as the first one, but it's not bad. I like I the second did it, one. Did that one come out in theaters or was that direct to DVD? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, it's 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 Max going. I mean, we'll get he goes to, to college. He goes oh, to college okay. and he's like he's into like skateboarding. And they've got like it's like oh, I, it might actually the competition. Now that you're saying that, it sounds like accidentally yeah, into yeah. the competition. Yeah, yes. that's the second one. Okay, oh, I yeah, seen that one like too. It's like X though. Games or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah. his own TV show. He would have uh, Goof Troop, which was in the '90s, and he would have cameos over the years in uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. His how what was it? What was his cameo in the Little Mermaid? He's very. It's not like obvious, but um, when King Triton is speaking mm-hmm. to like everyone. In the crowd, in like the bottom left-hand corner, you could see Goofy, Donald, and Mickey sitting oh there, God. like watching. Yeah. Wait, isn't that when Sebastian's putting on his concert? Is that what it is? Yeah. I know it's. It's I the know... beginning. Okay, so it's Sebastian, not King Triton. I'm going right. off memory. Here. Yeah, no, it's when Sebastian's like prepping the band. Okay, so yeah, but they're there. They're sitting there. Oh, that's you see so like cool. their profile, the back of them, looking mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. His how-to shorts that we're talking about today, eleven of them in total, which I th- I thought that was surprising. I thought there were way more than eleven. Altogether, I don't know. But um, the most recent one came in 2021, appropriately titled How to Wear a Mask. <laughs> uh, to put it simple, you can make the argument... Uh, well, he, to put it simple in this short, he's teaching social distancing and how to properly wear a mask. And I don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, to put it simple, you can make the argument... Like, <laughs> what? And he goes, I don't think a lot of people saw it. No, I definitely didn't. Did not get a lot it, of play. Would it be like it was... Or is he actually showing people how to do it? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Because, you know, they took, like, a serious matter then at the time. So I'm curious if they joked around on it. Man, if I knew it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. If I knew that we were doing short set, I would have threw that in there also. We, could review we can throw that in front of, like, a movie that came out in 2020. We'll get to that eventually. <laughs> yeah, like in 2020. Oh, my God. By that point, the pandemic will be, like, actually, like, history. History. It's going to be in books. They're like, you remember that back in the day? Yeah, so that'll be fun. That will be fun. Yeah, these are old ones. Remember back in our time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope Goofy showed us how to wear masks. <laughs> I, no. hope we're, I hope we're still doing this in like our 70s old as fuck. Oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm yeah, we're kidding. 70, but we we're could, talking about 2018. By the time we're that old, we could probably like get way more out because we'll be retired. <laughs> yeah. That's well, nothing to do. Yeah. Nothing to do. Yeah. They're like, these guys again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're still alive? <laughs> Disney? What the fuck? Disney's closed for three, <laughs> 30 years. Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, uh, the first short, How to Play Baseball. So, even with the preview in how, uh, with How to Ride a Horse that was in The Reluctant Dragon, this is credited as the first goofy how-to short. And ironically enough, um, the first ever how-to short makes its debut outside of the Disney realm. It's not even in a Disney movie production that it shows up. It would appear before the 1942 film The Pride of the Yankees by Samuel Goldwyn, which is about uh, Lou Gehrig and his life and leading up to him being diagnosed with his illness and retiring. I feel like I saw that. You probably did. Your dad definitely showed you. Yeah. I I feel like like every dad has seen this Does it end with him making a speech? Yep, the famous speech today. I've seen it. (laughs) Well, after Bambi came out in 1942, Samuel Goldwyn, the person who made The Pride of the Yankees, would go on to write a uh, tribute to Bambi in The Hollywood Reporter. Praising, praising it and telling, saying how much he loved it. Walt 
would then be showed this by his staff, prompting him to write a letter back to Sam, thanking him for the kind words and admitting that he had tears in his eyes when he read it. Wow. A sort of friendship between the two developed, and Samuel would ask the studio if they could create a short to air before the film that was set to premiere in 12 weeks. <laughs> and Walt, having just the utmost confidence in his staff and working them to the grind, he said, yeah, sure, we could do that. 12 weeks, no problem. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and it was finished in time, and it aired right before the Pride of the Yankees, a tribute to, well, like I said this already, a tribute to the Yankees legend, Lou Gehrig. Hmm. How to Play Baseball, released September 4th, 1942, rated TVG, and has a runtime on Disney Plus of 8 minutes and 22 seconds. Directed by Jack Kinney, animation by Les Clark, Mark Davis, Hugh Frazier, Ollie Johnson, Ward Campbell, Milton Neal, John Sibley, and Bill Titla. Ah. Voice work by Pintle Kolvig and John McLeish. They're the voices in all these shorts, except one at the end, but we'll get to that. And we kick off. Baseball, the great American game, the national pastime of millions, both young and old. Our narrator starts out by explaining how the game is played, going over the equipment used, gloves, bats, cleats, and... Okay, but wait, but they talk about, like, the, um, the uniforms being, like, all loose and stuff, and I was like... Not anymore. No. Not anymore. I There's saw a, the uniform. And I was like, is he wearing a firefighter out there? <laughs> no, like, that was, no, no, that was swimming. Oh, that was a swimming. That was amazing. There's a lot in this short that isn't really the case anymore, but whatever. Um, I think actually out of the four, this one at least tries the best to explain the game a little yeah. bit. This was my favorite. This was your really? favorite? Yeah, I really I like liked this, this one. one. Too. Okay. No, go ahead. I was going to ask what about it was his favorite. Oh, well, I played baseball growing up, so oh. listening to like the funny ways that they describe the uh, the pitching, mm. how they came up with the team names was hilarious. I'm <laughs> the like, hurler. Yeah, well, the team names, yeah, they go by the kind of socks they wore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a goofy how to stay at home. Yes. Oh, paired up with how to wear a mask? I don't know. I remember seeing it when we were watching this morning, and I forgot about it, and I just looked it up on Disney+, Plus, but I can't get it to load. To see anything, but I might actually watch I'm that later. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, continue. He goes over what the ball, the bat, the mid are made of before describing what the field looks like to the players. They the look very uncomfortable. The shoes, the cleats have nuts they have like and springs bolts in, in them. them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Game is played with nine players in the field and one of the other team at bat. We then see, through use of dotted lines, an explanation of how every position moves once the ball is hit and zigzagging all over the place, leaving a mess of a visual. Next, we go over the player. The uniform, like you said, Victoria, is loose-fitting to allow freedom of movement. Uh, I can tell you that's a lie today. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. Because, yeah, baseball pants are incredibly tight. Yep, they show up that donk. Yeah, well, that's what we're going for. So. <laughs> this is a fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> also, the jersey's tucked in, so that's not loose either. Can't sure. Yeah. He also says, like you mentioned, Michael, the socks are what the teams are named after, which is true, kind of, but not really, because there's only two teams with uh, names after socks. White socks, right? There you go. Good job. And they're not even white. They're black yeah. socks. So they're liars. Yeah. Liar, liar, liar pants yeah. The pitcher or the hurler. <laughs> Wait, I just want to point out, too, none of them, none of the batters wore. No helmets. Well, they didn't have helmets back then. That's true. He's I right. I mean, like, they, I'm sure, created helmets. Do you mean... Much no. later. No, much yeah. later, they had leather helmets yeah. then, which was weird. Yeah, when like in um, A League of Their Own? Yeah. They didn't wear, did they wear helmets in that movie? Did no. They? No, no, they did not. Yeah. yeah, if you go back yeah. and watch did, footage yeah. from the 40s, there's no helmets. There's no helmets. But I mean, like... They didn't have gloves like they had. Like, just in general, in the in the world itself, they didn't have Oh, helmets. maybe war helmets. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure helmets military, exist, but, but yeah, not in baseball, no. Wow. Okay, like, I guess if you get hit in the head, too bad, so sad. They, they didn't give a shit. They were like, mm. that's, that's why when he got to hit Bean and he had the lump. Yeah. <laughs> no helmet. That was my Damn. favorite part, actually. <laughs> uh, the pitcher, he says, is the most important person on the team. I don't even know if that's I don't know true. if I agree with that. I think the the pitcher is a very important person on the team, but I feel like the batters are also important, too. The, that's the other team. Well, still. In the field he's talking about, and I mean, I kind of agree. If you have a pitcher that can throw all strikes and strike them out, mm. you don't need anything else. Then you don't yeah. need another team member. You just right. need the pitcher. That's right. Yeah. The diary talks about how necessary it is for the pitcher to have a limber and complex delivery in order to perform perfect pitching. And all while he's doing this, get Goofy gets his limbs all tangled up, he contorts yeah. his body yeah. into knots, and you just kind of... You played softball. I did. Yeah. So you... Oh. This is the only sport I understand. Fast pitch or... Like in... mm, no, it was like a little league. Oh. And I did like... Uh, what's that travel thing? She breaks her, sport she a couple breaks her years. leg. I broke my leg in eighth grade. Really? Sliding into home. She didn't oh. know how to slide. I slid... No, I knew how to slide. But I just did it this is at a bad the, angle. This is was one the catchers were allowed to block the plate. Yeah, oh, and I slid anymore. into her leg and broke my leg, and then I never wanted to play. <laughs> I got hit in the face with a line drive when I was pitching, and like I think yeah, it permanently that, crooked my nose. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. it broke his nose, and I know this only because I stare at his face every day. His <laughs> nose is crooked. Yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You, you have to really look though. Yeah. I didn't want to pitch. I couldn't pitch. So how'd you get stuck pitching? Because the only one I, I could throw the pitch. I was still playing in a league after all my friends basically stopped playing. I, I did it for one more year because I liked it. Mm -hmm. And I got saddled up on a team which had, like, nobody who could play baseball. They were all very... So, like, not to brag, but I was the best one on the team. So, like, they naturally just assumed, oh, well, he should pitch. Mm -hmm. Because nobody else on the team could pitch. It doesn't actually make any sense. It though. doesn't. But that was the logic. Well, nobody else can pitch. That, can was, you pitch? that literally was the logic. Yeah. The so I was like, like oh, right. no one else can. He can but throw I, it I, at well, least. Well, also in Little League, I feel like they're like, well, whatever. Yeah, I, but I couldn't. I couldn't throw a curve. I couldn't throw anything other than fastball. So then, one of them just got ripped like right back into my face, and I just pff, dropped well, to the ground. Oof. Yeah. So was I'm assuming it's broken. I didn't, I didn't go to the hospital or anything. It was broken. But, I've heard about the bruising, and they were like, yeah, his whole face was bruised and everything. And I'm like, yeah, so your nose was broken. I was broken. <laughs> I broke my mom's nose. Really? But we were <laughs> on purpose. Yes. Oh, no, it was on purpose. It was totally on purpose. It was when I first started playing softball, and my dad always was like, "You have a sidearm," because I would throw like this instead of like this. Uh -huh. So my mom, my dad, like gave my mom this like responsibility to help to throw and cat have a catch with me, basically. Mm -hmm. So I finally, my mom's like, "Try this, try this, try this." So I'm trying all these things, and I throw the ball so perfectly. I didn't realize she had bent down to help Jillian with something. She wasn't paying attention. And she pops up and just, oh no. <laughs> and she broke her nose. Poor Joanne. Yeah, and she went to the hospital and they had to like swing one of those hammer things to put it in the right spot. Oh. And like, it was this whole big thing. And my mom, I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was crying and she was like, it's okay. That was like the best throw. <laughs> <laughs> She's so like, supportive. that was perfect. Sounds like Joanne. Yeah, yeah it was, oh, I felt so terrible about it. My grandpa knocked my dad's front teeth out <laughs> when he was a kid. Jesus but they Christ. were his permanent teeth. With a ball? Yeah. Oh, his God. four front top teeth. And my, my poor dad has a bridge. He's had it like his whole life. And <laughs> so he threw the ball because he was throwing underhand. And my dad was like, no, throw overhand. And so my grandpa was like, all right. So he threw it overhand and knocked him right in the face. Ooh. And knocked his teeth out on the lawn. And his on mom, his mom, like my grandpa's mom, 
and my grandma and like his mom, like all the grandmas and everybody were out running around looking for the teeth, teeth. and it was just, it was bad. He had to have surgery to knock out four teeth. Yeah, it like must have been adult a hard teeth. Yeah. yeah, like adult teeth too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandpa felt. It's really not even bad. like none were chipped. Like they were all just nope. In they the were lawn. just yep, just just busted. Damn, busted. Poor Joe. Yeah. Yeah. On the opposing team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. anyway moving on. on the opposing team is the batter. Um, by the way, all the everybody in the short is goofy. So it's yeah. goofy okay, pitching to goofy to a field of goofies. But that was the same in the football, no? Yeah. Right? In the football one too. Yeah. I assume it's a stadium full of goofies. Yeah. The narrator's probably also a There's goofy. There's so many goofies. There's, they're everywhere. The batter takes dirt from home plate and dirties up his whole uniform before stepping in. The narrator then goes over all the different type of pitches that a pitcher can throw. Curves and breaks, change-ups, uh, spinners, spitballs, which are not allowed. And most common pitch, the fastball, also known as a speedball. Did you say spitballs are not yeah. allowed? You cannot spit on the ball. Why? You can lick your and hands. the ball cannot spit on you. That too. <laughs> Why can't you spit on the ball? It's considered doctoring Substance, the ball up, yeah, and le- you know, to make it move yeah. in a particular. Oh, that's so stupid. But then, stupid. shouldn't the same argument apply to like pine tar on a bat? That's to get a, to hold on to the bat. I guess they don't want people letting to go hold of on the to bat. The, yeah, so you have to hold on to the ball to throw it. They also don't want batters letting go of the bat and flying into the sands and like killing someone. They have know. nets. Now they do. Yeah. That's how me and Samantha became friends. Actually, that's how we. They threw bats at each other. No, no, no. I <laughs> when I I had this bad habit of I would just throw oh, the bat. Oh, me too. Me too. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Samantha was the catcher on the other team. I threw the bat at her. She got. She was crying. It hurt her. And then the next year, like a couple months later, she was in my fifth grade class, and she said she hated me. And then she was like, I can't hate this girl. She's too nice. Aww. <laughs> That's so funny. I used to have that same problem, Lily, because I used to always fling the bat against mm-hmm. the backstop, and like people. Would- yeah. Like jump out yeah, of the way. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I've got, I, I you get thrown out. Yeah, you, the umpire will. Like, they I, you get a warning and then yeah, they give you a warning. You give me like, a warning, warning and then I did it again, not realizing it, and that was it. I feel so. like it's just one of those things where you're just so excited you hit the ball. That's exactly what you want to run. You're like, get out of here! Get rid of this bat. It only kicks in and you just like throw it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So now that we've been taught the game of baseball and we all know how to play, they drop us into the World Series. Game seven. <laughs> Game seven. Game seven of the World Series. All tied up. Our team is the Blue Sox, apparently. Um, and they're one out away from being defeated by the Gray Sox. So Damn. we want to cheer on the Blue Sox here. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> the first batter for the Gray Sox hits a ground ball. Wait, that can't be right. Isn't the Blue Sox the ones that are bad? I literally don't the know. The Blue was pitching, right? So we're cheering the Gray Sox then. The hitters? The ones that were in red. So that was confusing, too. They were in red, but they had gray socks. The whole thing was confusing. Yeah, so, I don't know, but yeah. it doesn't really matter. Okay. First batter for the gray socks is a ground ball down the line, causing Goofy to run to first and trip over a bunch of bats. And usually there are no bats on the field, I'll just say, so get your shit together, bat boy. Uh, before landing on first base safely. Our pitcher is a bit perturbed, and as a result... Perturbed? Is that the word? Perturbed. Perturbed? Oh, I did write perturbed. I read it perturbed. <laughs> Sometimes my writing's too smart for my mouth. <laughs> I write words I can't pronounce. As a result, uh, the pitcher takes a bite out of the baseball as a snack. Yeah. I don't know why he did that. The runner on first dances and distracts a pitcher um, who attempts to pick him off. The runner is caught in the old pickle. If he's tagged, the game's over and that's it. He runs back and forth, avoiding tags from the other team. The ball is dropped 
and he slides into second base safely. Which was weird because he was heading back to first on the pictures. Like if you watch it, it looked like he was running back to first. Then in all these shorts, there's a lot of continuity issues. Like he, ran, he was, he was literally running back to first. He was running to the right. Yeah. Which if you're in a rundown, it's going back to first. Yeah, he's yeah. going the wrong way. <laughs> but he's safe at second. I got confused. The pitcher still distracted. Throws to the batter, next one that's up, and he beans him right in the head. <laughs> he just knocks yes. him out completely. <laughs> Your favorite. <laughs> Goofy is down seeing stars before collecting himself and going to first base. So we got runners on first and second with two outs. Pitcher is sweating bullets nervously and delivers the next pitch. Next batter decides to bunt. I don't know why you do that with two outs left down by three yeah. in the World Series. That seems pretty stupid, but um, it ends up working out. He makes it to first. The other two batters advance, so it's bases loaded with two outs, game seven of the World Series. Um, I didn't know they were down by a grand slam either. They were down by three. It was three nothing going into the last inning. Pitcher's sweating now. The batter's sweating. I'm sweating. The audience is sweating. Everybody's sweating. The narrator says it's up to the pitcher. A half million dollars in the World Series hangs on this pitch. I don't know why, because I don't think they give money for winning the World Series, do they? Get bonuses, no? I think they meant bets. Oh, oh bets? Oh, maybe. Gambling? I, I, I thought yeah. you get, uh, Illegal gambling? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought you get bonuses for winning, like... The... Half a billion dollars? Half a billion? Half a million. Half a million, yeah. Oh, well, back in the day, that's a lot. I never but... heard that. Oh, okay. Well, I know. I know, like if, I know if you win, like, the Super Bowl, they get bonuses. Well, like, half a million dollars on this pitch. Uh, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> maybe maybe it's per team. <laughs> they gotta split it up. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm maybe split. that's like nothing. That would make sense then. Why was the losing team getting? Not anything? the losing team. No, the whole team would split the half a million. Oh, I thought it was betting. It could be that too. <laughs> I, I thought mean, it was illegal gambling. <laughs> I don't know what's legal anymore. All right, so here's where it gets a little crazy. Um, the pitcher delivers, and the batter smashes the ball uh, deep to center field. Splash. Sky high. The ball is torn apart, and it unravels. <laughs> and by the time it falls to the ground, uh, it, all, the, all the yarn lands on the center fielder, which this is apparently not a catch. Shouldn't have been out, right? I don't know what didn't the didn't hit the ground. Shot. It was so weird. And then they continued to try to throw it around. He, he wraps yeah. it. He tries to wrap yeah. it as a ball. Runner, the runners are rounding the bases, so he takes the time yeah. to make a ball out of the yarn. <laughs> it was so weird. And he tries to throw the ball in, but it unravels again, and it's still tangled around him. So he picks it up. Like it's a tube around him? Well, it's just the next player, right? What's that? Who we threw it into? Goofy. It's the, the center outfielder. Field. No, he threw it in. Oh, it went to, to some oh, I think he like, threw it in. To like the cutoff man. Oh, and the cutoff man, it just And, and it rattled around him. Jesus Christ. Well, he decides. I thought he threw it into home, and then that's who it unraveled on. No, because they said they, it was a foot chase to home. I'm glad oh. you guys remember this better than me. I literally <laughs> have no idea. I could have thought it was, it was funny. Just, I thought, I was like, what the hell? This is bizarre. Yeah, so the, the fielder with the ball of yarn wrapped around his waist sprints for home plate. Mm-hmm. The la- the winning run from third sprints home to last plate. The two are going to meet at home plate, and they get there at the same time. And then the umpire gets to call it. And what does he call him? Oh! He says he's out. Yeah. Good call. No. I didn't good agree. Good call. I thought it was a bad call. Why is that a good call? Runner always has to beat the fielder. There's no the ball. ball is, it's a, <laughs> it's a pile of yarn. Well, then the play's dead anyway. It should be. And it would be a play. single. Yeah. It, it would be. be. It literally been, it would have been a single. It's, Actually, it would have been an out because I pro- he's yeah. here catching the ball and it lands on his body. So 
It was, I mean, we have nothing to go by because I don't think this has ever happened in real life. <laughs> um, but the the umpire calls him out. This causes the batter to get in a heated argument with the umpire. But why did the fielder get in a heated argument too? Both teams apparently are pissed off at like, the umpire. Why you called him out? Why you called me out? Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's just arguing with the umpire. The umpire's arguing back, and the short ends with all three yelling at each other. The giant brawl breaks out, <laughs> and the narrator wraps up the short by saying, "Free speech, that great American privilege, is thoroughly enjoyed by players and spectators alike. That's why, national the national sport will always be that good old American game of baseball." Mm. Crazy. That's how they ended the show. I prefer, I prefer a league of their own. So funny. <laughs> I love that movie. So, Michael, no you said this was your favorite. That was my favorite. Okay. Still crying in baseball. <laughs> Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> I think we should just watch A League of Our Own. I just time. love that movie. I like, uh, what's her name, Marla? Marla Hooch. Yep. <laughs> oh, 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 hey, ain't that right, baby? <laughs> nice. I'm singing it, Nelson! <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Next short is How to Swim. In I like it, this one the best. This was your favorite? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You want to talk about it? No. Okay. <laughs> No. In his attempt to demonstrate swimming, Goofy first has trouble undressing in a small locker room, but then manages to showcase diving and swimming techniques. That's the synopsis that they gave us. I can tell you were confused. Like, I was just jumping, like, yeah, in the first like, like, oh, wow. It's, well, you just explained it. Yeah, nothing happens in the first half. Uh, released October 23rd, 1942, and rated TVG with a runtime on Disney Plus of 7 minutes and 48 seconds. Damn. Directed by Jack Kinney. Uh, animated by John Sibley, Emery Hawkins, and voice work by Pinto Kolvig and John McLeish again. Our narrator opens up. Everyone should learn how to swim. Perhaps, perhaps no factor has contributed so greatly to the current popularity of swimming as has the sensible bathing suit. Alex, ah. <laughs> bathing suit, what was this? Describe uh, it for I everybody. It looked like a firefighter uniform, <laughs> but it was just a big t shirt onesie. <laughs> It was. It, that's a, probably the best way to put it. T-shirt onesie. It looks very heavy. It does. And like, when, how, why would anyone want to swim in that? I know. And it looks kind of like when you get wet, it gets. It's like that material that just like gets extra heavy. Really Clamps heavy. onto yeah, you. And yeah, and like, and so you just like sink and drown. It's like a. He- it looks like a hospital nightgown <laughs> attached between your legs. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking knee-length striped shirt, mid-calf-length shorts. Massive goofy shoes mm-hmm. to go swimming in. Big ass feet. The narrator <laughs> says it should be, or it should not be too daring. And he continues, yet bold enough to allow freedom of movement. Mm. Don't think that's what we're working with here, but that's what Goofy's <laughs> got on. I imagine if he saw uh, bathing suits today, his head would explode, this narrator. Like, What's that? Like, that's underwear. Yeah. yeah, like especially a man's bathing suit, like just... A- Swim trunks or whatever the fuck you call yeah. them. Swim suits. How do you think he would feel about a speedo? He clutches pearls and just, <laughs> ah, just had to explode. Yeah. Short circuit. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to practice the swimming movements one needs. On our piano bench. <laughs> we're going to grab a piano bench, a stool, not stool, even a bench. A rolling piano stool. We're going to lay belly down on the stool, and we're going to mimic rowing patterns with your arms and legs. Row, 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 you both. <laughs> I think it's safe to say this is how we all learned how to swim, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody. Goofy, while mimicking swimming on his stool, ends up paddling himself onto the street and nearly gets hit by cars and trucks without even realizing it. The narrator, (laughs) 
goes over the windmill stroke, the Australian crawl, which mm. I've never heard of that one, the side stroke, the breast stroke, and the back float. Only disadvantage to the back float is that you can't see where you're going, which causes Goofy to crash into his own bathroom. And I Drown. guess I guess he had a fully filled tub for some reason, sure. just like yeah. yeah, hanging out. Just in case, you know. And he nearly drowned. Oh, in case of emergency. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've got to cool the house down with a lot of cool water. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, everyone. We've mastered uh, the theories of swimming. So we're going to take it to the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We then see Goofy changing out of his uh, his regular clothes into his uh, his bathing suit, his long johns that he's got on. Looks like a porter potty. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah, they were like, a beach locker. You must learn how to change in a beach locker. And I'm like, that's a clock. This is like... Standing up. <laughs> Who could even move in there? This would be like trying to change like in the trunk of your car into your bathing suit. Kind of the same amount of space. Yep. So, obviously Goofy has some trouble changing with little to no room, uh, causing the locker to hop all around. He knocks into all the other locker rooms. They all tip over. Presumably there are people in there. They die. Um, (laughs) And his locker (laughs) ends up hopping into the ocean down to the bottom below. From there, Goofy steps out into like a giant air bubble. Air bubble. Yeah. I don't think that's really how this works. Mm-hmm. I don't think you just walk out into an that's air bubble. That's how I go to the beach, but I don't know what you do. That's how deep sea divers, they get down <laughs> there? That's that, what I yeah. do. Giant air bubble. Yeah. Listen, there's nothing more relaxing than sitting at the bottom of the ocean. In a giant oh, air bubble. the Titanic. In a bubble that can pop at any time. <laughs> Fun fact, their pools and tubs are still full in the Titanic. That's, that's right. That's awesome. They are. They left the water running. Oh no. <laughs> Goofy. <laughs> oh no, he sucked my head again. <laughs> uh, he sets up his beach umbrella in his little air bubble, but it pokes a hole in it, causing it to slowly fill up with water as he's enjoying a snack. To the beach, he brought. Yeah, what the hell was uh, that? He brought like a whole turkey leg. <laughs> yeah, turkey leg. And uh, a, 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 a lettuce sandwich. It was it just was, green yeah. on there. It looked like he was meal. having like a whole picnic yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. at the beach. The narrator warns about eating before going in the water to avoid cramps, so Goofy decides to read a magazine, and as he floats back to the surface, wouldn't you know it, he cramps up everywhere. His body twists in all knots. together in knots. I've never had Neck that as well. I've never had a cramp in the water either. No. no. Me neither. No. It's a lie. It's a myth. They <laughs> said an hour, too. Like, That's a Oof. long time. It's a myth. Eat and go in the water. What can happen? <laughs> Nothing. You just have to stay still. Yeah. Because your body floats. <laughs> That's right. Water is greater. What did what they say? Water is heavier the, than your body weight or something? Is your body's less think, dense than water or something yeah. like that? So you're a natural boat? Yeah. Like you're that. very buoyant. That can't be true, right? It no, it is. It's 100% really? true. Lay on your back and you'll float. Yes. So how do people drown? They don't. They panic. So if people just stayed calm, they wouldn't drown? And Well, they'll go under with waves. But if the, if the surface is flat and you stayed calm and just laid backwards, you'll float. Oh, you don't even have that. to kick. You could just lay like this, and your whole upper half will float. Yeah. So anytime there's like a kid that doesn't know how to swim in like a pool, if you just stayed still, he'd he be would fine. be fine. Yeah, and that's what that yep. that swimming thing. Um, that they teach the babies. Yeah, where they yeah. when, yeah. Throw, they when they throw the babies in, in and the babies go like that and they over. They okay. teach the baby to get on their back so that they're at least floating. That's yeah. a separate issue. That's wild to me that people just toss their babies at the pools. I'm all for that. Yeah, that sounds no, horrible though. No, it's I, think it's, I, I think it's horrible, but I would rather my kid know, at least yeah. know how to do that. Off or get a well, like, but think about it this way: like, usually if a kid, like, because kids, like, if they like when they're toddlers, right? Like, they're walking and like, let's say they get in the pool, they're gonna crash into the pool. They fall in, so like, they have to know. If by I being, fall in, yeah, what do I like, do? Like, what do I do? Okay. So instead of like. I stepped in or someone placed me in. They need to know. So hear me out on this next part. So Also, it's instinctual. Why? Yeah. What's, what's the purpose of a lifeguard at a pool? 
for people that panic. Yeah. They can't just tell them not to panic. <laughs> <laughs> don't see, panic! I see you drowning! Don't panic! <laughs> just float to the top! Just a big voice, remain calm. <laughs> yeah, like, and also, God like, forbid someone faints in the pool, yeah, someone like, like gets kicked. Or, like, well, also, like, at the beach, like, there's an undertow. Well, yep. the beach, I understand. I meant, right. like, at a pool, like, at in pool. Disney. Like, well, yeah. I mean, you still need to have people watching. Because if someone does start to drown, then they need to it's, perform CPR. It's to prevent... Like, a civilian's not supposed to It's a to liability issue, really, yeah. too. Yeah. You're, provi- you're you're providing the pool, and my kid drowning it. Now, guess what? Yeah. You're at fault, because you provided the pool. Well, yeah. I think we should all just stay calm. Stay yeah. calm and nobody, float you on your back. Nobody will drown ever again. Yeah. Well, now we're going over diving. We see a line drawing of a perfect diving motion. The run, the crouch, and the launch from the diving board into a jackknife, the half gainer, the swan dive, and others. Now it's Goofy's turn with the line drawing. He starts out getting the technique down perfectly until his foot gets caught underneath the diving board cover, I guess. I don't know why you would have this. The diving board rug. <laughs> yeah, like why would you, yeah. Prevent slipping. Oh, did a great job. I was slipping. I'm joking. I don't think they, any of these have that. No. Unless the older ones did, because I know the new ones have like sandpaper strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, this they might have, maybe the old ones did have something like that. Well, this diving board cover causes him to Stop instead it. belly flop on the diving board, then land on his head before losing his bathing suit and falling into the pool. But then we see that there's actually no water in the pool, which is a pivotal, it's a crucial part of diving. You want water in the pool. So to me, or did his like silhouette look like a Mr. Game & Watch type silhouette? Oh, good one. When, yeah, when from, he crashed uh, through? Yeah. He kind of looked like a... Yeah. Mr. Game and Watch type outline. Yeah, cool. I couldn't have noticed there was no spot for his neck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, That's what I was like. I was looking. So I'm like, like, oh, it's all staggered. His head went through, but not his neck. It's, yeah, it's just separated. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I mean. Back at the beach now, it's uh, surf bathing. I think is what the narrator calls it. Goofy grabs his tube, and the narrator just like kind of dips out from here on out. Now it's just like a running, it's just like a physical joke from here on out. Goofy grabs his tube and he tries to go diving into the ocean, but the ocean wave brings him all the way back to the beach and he lands, his tube lands on like a ship An anchor, anchor sticking yeah. out of the ground at the beach. The I don't game know why. Tire. Yeah. <laughs> it pops and deflates and then the deflated tube gets caught on two poles sticking out of the ground, which turns him into like a slingshot. And launches Goofy way, way off into the distance to a remote island, apparently. And at this remote island, there are mermaid goofies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mermaid mergoofs. Mergoofs. Goofmaids. Goofmaids. Looking really fine. Uh, Goofing all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator concludes, listen to this line. He says, as the settling sun slowly dips into the azure blue of the western sea, reluctantly we, reluctantly we close on this tranquil scene with firm conviction that everybody should learn how to swim. Yeah. And while this is all going on, the tranquil scene is goofy on a tiny island. <laughs> I, Slurping a Mai Tai and... I, with, with, with goof mates. <laughs> female mermaid versions of himself. I Even guess he learned way. how to swim. I don't really know. But that's the picture that we get to close this one out. Well, fun fact, those are sirens, and they are going to drown him and then eat him. <sighs> but it's fine. Oh, no. Oh, they yeah. always cut out the best part, like right at the end. <laughs> that's in the second part of the short. <laughs> how to survive the mermaids. How to survive the mermaids, yeah. <laughs> how to Toy. get off an island. <laughs> <laughs> Toy, you like this one. I did. Explain yourself. 
I like the goof maids. <laughs> you know, I knew that was kind of like he No, I just, I don't know. I think it's funny. And I have like a fun memory of learning how to swim. From this? No. You oh. get thrown into the water and rolling on your back, not the paddock. I was like, you learned how to swim from this? No, I just, it, it reminds, the short reminds me of when I learned how to swim, which was at my Aunt Diane's house. Well, oh, this sounds like a story. Okay. It's not really that big of a story. Don't, don't, don't. I just had fun because they had a pool and I didn't have a pool. And so my Aunt Diane would like, I would go in, right? And she would like hold me. Like, like I was on my stomach. So and she was she, the piano stool. Yeah. And she was like, come on. And I, and I would like go crazy. And I would be like. <laughs> and then I would just like splash her. And she was like, great job. And you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just like a thing. I remember. Oh, that was actually yeah. a very nice story. I thought it was going somewhere else. No, no, no. It was fun. Okay. So that's why I like it. Because it reminds me of that. All right. Well, I didn't like this next one. I'll just tell you right now. Oh, me neither. This one was boring. Yeah. It was so boring. I don't remember it really at all. Well, it's how to fish. Oh, yeah. No. I was like, what was the next one? wasn't football yet. <laughs> no, I like that one, actually. Yeah, that was yeah, my like second favorite. One. Close to my first, too. Gelly, you're kind of our uh, our residential fisherman around here. Uh-huh. So you didn't like this one? <laughs> Not really. I'm kind of relying on you for accuracy here, because I don't really know a lot of this. <laughs> Disney uh, Plus tells us this is Goofy's demonstration of fishing is fouled up by his clumsy casting and fly fishing and problems with his boat. Damn. Release December 9th, 1942, rated TVG with a runtime on Disney Plus of 7 minutes and 39 seconds. Jack Kinney directs it again. Animation by Chester Cobb, Merle Cox, Don Lusk, Frank Oren, Wolfgang Reitherman, John Sewell, John Sibley, and Louis Terry. Voice work again, Pinto Kolvig and John McLeish. All right, we open up. Similar way with How to Ride a Horse um, from The Reluctant Dragon, where it's how to present it in the form of a book. And this is kind of what I always think when I think of the Goofy Shorts. Like, it's constantly flipping pages Mm -hmm. for, like, the next part. But we only got one of them that were like this. Mm -hmm. When to fish can be determined by the astrological signs of the Zodiac. Any comments on that yet? You agree? Remember the Piskies? How did he pronounce Pisces? Oh, Piskies. (laughs) The Pisses. No, it's Piskies. 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 It was Piskies. Because he rhymed it with fishes. The so Piscus Piscus. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about. Like, and then Michael was like, was like what? Pisces? Like, what? I knew it I only knew because Laura is a Pisces and I know the symbol. Me, that's like, how I knew. Yeah. I was and I was like, like I was like, Pisces. <laughs> the stars and planets control all the tides of the Earth's waters. Hence, when Neptune enters the constellation of Piscus <laughs> or fishes, the cosmic vibrations create in the fishes an uncontrollable desire to bite. Okay, but they're not like that. You know what? <sighs> when is Pisces? It's like March. That makes sense. March is a good time. I was going to ask you. To go fishing. I mean, March, April, you know? I mean, that's that's the start spring. of fishing season. Yeah. Okay. But, but the other thing about that that's interesting is like, so if you look at like any like old like sailor kind of like documentation, they did use the stars and. To like, know where the fish would be. Exactly. And, and like so. seasons and stuff. And like. So they did use that. That, that kind of might be yeah. a... You would, and, to, and to chart where they were. So, okay. So, so was, that is not super inaccurate. Is this still done today? Probably. I don't know. Um, well, I they just know now what time of year where yeah. certain fish are and how deep they'll be. They don't need to look at the stars they don't need anymore. They look at the stars. I mean, maybe some people like to keep it old school, but... I think they look at the water more, yeah. water temps and, like, the currents more yeah. than anything. Okay, well, this is off to a good start already. I thought this was all going to be bullshit. <laughs> Next, we're going to observe the effect that fishing has on man. Goofy is peacefully reading in his... Uh, 
den surrounded by dead fish <laughs> everywhere on the walls. So I, I can only assume he's an accomplished fisherman here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he has a goldfish bowl next to him, which is, that's got to be a little traumatizing for the goldfish, don't you think? <laughs> There's just dead fish everywhere. Like, imagine living somewhere there's just dead humans all in the wall. That's kind of gross. Man. That sounds fun. Yeah? You ever been to a museum? I guess that would be a museum, though, wouldn't it? I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Very interesting. Sheesh! <laughs> wow. Man has an inner instinct to fish. This desire becomes acute only through, quote, Bodily contact with the cosmic undulations of fishes. You feel that? <laughs> you don't feel like an inert instinct of fish? I have, to touch, I have to touch a fish to fish? Body contact. You know, kind of does it. No. Nah. No? Okay. I mean, when I smell the ocean, I kind of want to fish. What does that mean, so. anyway, that statement? Body, bodily contact with the cosmic undulations of fishes? What's, what's cosmic he, undulations? He, he grabbed the fish? I don't know. I wrote that down to see if anyone yeah, could decipher what that, that means. <laughs> this is like when I write words down that I can't pronounce. <laughs> I think I'm smarter than I am. Okay, so undulation means the action of moving smoothly up and down. <laughs> oh. So get a fish. Stroking the fish off. <laughs> this creates a desire to fish. Oh, I know what or they're like saying. Or like a wave-like movement of patterns. Casting. Casting. That's the wave like moving. That's what because oh. when he reached back and grabbed the fish and then he well also like the way a fish moves is technically oh undulating. that's true too. So it says how, it's, um, how it moves. It's the locomotion. It's the type of motion characterized by wave like movement patterns. So like the act to oh. propel an animal forward. So like a snake or I, I understand or like a fish. Mean. The way they move is okay. undulating. I'm way too stupid for this short. Clearly. <laughs> All right. It's okay. This apparently creates fish fever. Which causes Goofy to levitate from his chair and float to his fishing cabin. You ever get fish fever? Hmm? You ever get fish fever? Uh, I fish? mean, I have the urges to fish sometimes. So you ever maybe. like float? Like I never float. Kind of like when you smell. I mean, that's a pie. like when you smell a pie and you float. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it didn't. I get the whole well, gravitational movement. My man Goofy can't help it. He's got to go fishing. Goof. He's got to go fishing. He grabs He's his fishing man. rod and he tests his casting skills. Now, all of us have seen Goofy movie. Yes. yes. This is not the perfect cast. No, it's not. I was really hoping he was going to do the perfect yeah. cast. And Can we go not. back a second? Does sure. the goldfish remind you of the goldfish from Pinocchio? Cleo? Yeah. Cleo? I would so. Like but when, I, he get the angry, when he had the angry face? Yeah, yeah. but I also chalked it up to they didn't know how else to draw goldfish except for this goldfish. <laughs> 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 Just all the goldfish look like Cleo. Yeah. Next, we're going to go over the types of fish that there are. And by types, I mean just one. That's the <laughs> fish we're concerned about. There's the mountain trout, which is an alert, intelligent creature, apparently. Rugged and strong and daring. Page turns. That's it. That's all we need to know about fish. Just that one fish. That's all we're catching today. Page turns, and now Goofy is going to show us his approach to the stream. Slip up quietly to a shrub or a bush, and don't let the fish see you coming. <laughs> Stupid. There's <laughs> only one problem. He's walking on top of trees, apparently, because mm -hmm. he falls all the way to the ground. Have, have you only... Okay, I'll ask you. Have you only gone fishing on a boat, or do you ever go like... Here. Pier too? Uh, oh, okay. You can go out in the woods and like find a pond and just like cast. Never like that's that's more of a freshwater fishing. You didn't wear those like big boots. The waders. Stand in the water with the boots. You ever stand in the I've middle seen... of the ocean and just grab a fish with oh, your hand? When, when <laughs> or, I was or... younger, I've seen. Uh, we used to go to the North Shore for thunderstorms, 
and like watch the lightning and everything. Oh, that's oh, that cool. And ever since I seen the one guy and his waiters out there and the lightning strike the water and almost nearly hits him, I was oh. like, mm, never gonna do that. Mm. You never go out there <laughs> with fair. like the giant spear and just like. I would do that actually. That would be kind of cool. Looking mm. cats. I try to be a pretty. Yeah. Crazy person doing that. <laughs> the narrator explains that once the water has been disturbed, the fish can never be enticed to bite. That's true. That's of. that I even know. That I know. But just as he says this, we see a whole bunch of fish uh, come to the surface and just, I guess, eat Goofy's clothes off his body. He they eat the bait off his hat. Right? Okay, but he was his clothes were all. Oh, was it? Yeah, he was I'm in like his that. under his undershirt, huh. his white beater, whatever you he call it. That. It's undergarments. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the page, and now it's time to cast the lore. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, select a spot from a tree. Oh, no. Select a spot free from overhanging trees and limbs. Goofy does an exaggerated cast that ends up getting caught on the tree above him, and as he reels himself in, he goes up in the air, and he, like, turns... Himself into a slingshot. Yeah, I like you said, that was fly fishing. No, he got, you know he got his head stuck on the big branch and well, then it pulled the other. T- the visual out. that they were going for was like the the tree was now the, fishing the, with yeah, him. Yeah, he casted him. Yeah, so which was pretty spot on. The, the tree, tree had a better cast. The, the tree had a very good cast, and it flung him into like the stream and Goofy's flopping around like a yes. fish now. Now it's lake fishing, which is typically done in a boat. Uh, Goofy tries to cast again, but unknowing to him this time, his line gets caught on the underside engine of the boat. Now, I've been fishing with you, Michael. This happens, I feel like, all the time. It gets caught on the bottom of the boat, correct? Or gets tangled up with someone else's line when you're on the moving. outside of the boat? Yeah, when you're moving, when the boat's moving, yeah, it can get tangled. And... Oh, they say rods up. Rods up! That's fisherman term. Okay. Rods up, bitches! But a lot of these boats, like, some of the motors are... In inwards, like so, it's really hard to get the propeller. If you catch your propeller, that shit will just go. <laughs> just well, keep continue pulling I'm the line go out. Fishing. Do you? Let's go. We should. You should go midnight fishing. Midnight. Alex, oh you want to go midnight fishing? Alex would hate it. I've been fishing with them once. Well, not the boat we went on. Oh my goodness. Now I will say the midnight fishing. You do catch a lot. That's definitely true. That was fun. So you do come away with a lot of fish, we but it's go. also. Hillary will never come. Well, the thing is, I'll go, but I'm not gonna want to fish anything. I'll probably get nauseous. It starts at midnight too. Yeah, and you get home at what? Three thirty. I got home. No, I got home later than that. It was no, like I mean five. the boat. Oh, the boat gets back at like three thirty. Three thirty. I think I walked like, in the house at like, five a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't let you come to bed because you stunk. Like, smelled like fish. Like, like the bait. <laughs> yeah. That was fun though. Yeah, it was. Fun. A lot was of good fish. Time. Yeah, a lot of fish. You get sick though. It's rough oh. out there. Poor Tori. But it's cool. She's sick the whole time, yeah. right? Poor Tori. From, from probably right when we hit, like, really choppy waters. I yeah. would take Dramamine before I went. Probably would do. But it is cool to just, like, look out into the ocean and you just see nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. It's just pitch yeah, black. it everywhere. sounds real cool. That's why I can't wait to go on this cruise. Because I'll be like... Oh, Actually, it is really neat. It right. like, seeing the ocean like that. But then it makes me think of that um, noise, that TikTok audio. Yo... That's fine. You know, if I ever heard that, that would be like the in the middle like, of the night. Yeah. That would be so cool. The one, you know the one I'm talking about, Alex? I don't know. All right. Well, now I'm going <laughs> to pull it up so we all can be blessed with it. I love this one. I, know you do. I love that too. Let me hear you hit that note. No, I can't do that low. 
How low can you go? I don't know. Not that low, though. I never heard that before. Really? Oh. We're on different sides of TikTok, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that, that's more of my side of TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so Goofy gets his lure, his whatever, caught on the bottom of the boat. Thinking he's got a big catch, he tries desperately to reel it in. Damn. But he doesn't realize that he's reeling the engine. <laughs> the engine gets detached from the boat, and it's running wild throughout the water. Just kind of like, like a, a fish. Kind of like a fish. Um, it ends up cutting the boat in half, and the engine pulls Goofy all the way all over the lake before washing up on shore, crashing into a tree. The narrator gets really excited here, and he tells Goofy that he's got it now. And <laughs> Don't let him get away! <laughs> so how, how, how does Goofy not let it get away? What does he do? Smacks it. He takes his rod, and he just beats the shit That's out of the right. engine. <laughs> you, you smack the big fish, so it's dead. Pop, pop, pop! Okay. Fair. And the narrator concludes this short, and he says, Truly, no pride is so justifiable as that of a successful fisherman. Can you move your arm? Michael, thoughts? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Inaccurate but accurate. I hate this one. I'm just gonna. I say didn't it. like this one. I barely remember any of it, and I think As it's so boring. A person in this group that enjoys fishing the most, uh, I couldn't get into this yeah. one. I thought this one was like really disjointed. In that's terms what it of was. Fish. It was like they were just they they cover one fish, that. and then that's enough. We're just gonna move on to something else. Yeah. Last one we got this week. It is how to play football. I think this one was actually my favorite. This one was good this one. too. I Bobby. like this one. You out there playing foosball with them gargantuans? <laughs> you remember at halftime when Bobby Boucher showed up and the mud, th- uh, the mud dogs won the bourbon bowl? <laughs> Football yeah. is for the devil. <laughs> Bobby, did they ever find that gorilla that escaped from the zoo and punch you in the eye? No, no, no mama. <laughs> the search continues. The search continues. Enjoy the foosball with your gargantuans. <laughs> He did, a bunch of, he did a bunch of football movies, no? He, he did, is. like, The Longest Yard. Yeah. Yeah, he did. You left me all alone here with Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta rewatch that. That's it's such a, a good movie. It is a good movie. <laughs> this short tends to be regarded as the most popular and fan favorite of the how-to shorts, believe it or not. She, she I can see that, because a lot of people like, like football over baseball. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. It's also a bit different in its presentation than the other ones in that this one has a different narrator than we've heard in the other three. And rather than trying to explain the rules and how the game is played, it instead sort of shows you a game of football and explains to the viewer as you're watching it what you're seeing. Except not really. (laughs) Yeah, but it was like... I mean, I'm going to... A lot of this was accurate. Was it though? (laughs) Kind of. I think okay. funny but accurate. I think okay. because they took this other approach, it's why they went with a different narrator here. The narrator is Frank Bull. He's a voice actor. He's only done like ten things in his career, but I think they wanted someone who sounded more like a football TV announcer, okay, rather than like the cliche who was like sophisticated. I feel like they just it wouldn't be the same. The praise for this one comes for its ability to playfully poke fun at football and and its sort of chaotic nature of it. Um, there's that there's that bit in the beginning where like he briefly tries to explain the rules of football and then the crowd just the, the cheering of the crowd just kind of overpowers him so you don't actually like, hear the rules of football yeah. basically kind of implying that the rules aren't even that important it's just hard hitting and violent and everybody loves it well right. it is kind of violent yeah <laughs> yeah also to note this short would end up winning a or being nominated for an academy award for best animated short subject but lost to Tom and Jerry Tom and Jerry's starting now Mouse trouble is what beat it. <laughs> it's always the mouse. 
Where's the mouse? Started with a mouse. Released September 15th, 1944. Rated TVG with a runtime on Disney Plus of 8 minutes and 53 seconds. Directed again by Jack Kinney. Animation by George Nicholas, Norman Tate, Marvin Woodward, and Andy Engman. And voice work again, Pinto Colvig, but this time Frank Bull is our narrator. We open up with a brief explanation of the game of football, the equipment used, and all the people involved in the game. So they bring out the vendors, the managers, the mascots, the photographers, the sports writers, the doctors, the bands, the coaches, the old grads, and the two teams in brilliant uniforms. Uh. <laughs> Did you get all that? Mm-hmm. Good. Doctors, brilliant uniforms, mascots. Yeah, the uniforms came out. <laughs> Today's game is between Taxidermy Tech and Anthropology A&M. Yeah, taxidermy, what the hell? Do you know what taxidermy is? Yes. Yeah. Stuffing dead animals? Yes. Yeah. What the hell? And the anthropology is... I don't bones? know. I just know the store. Yes. <laughs> Isn't anthropology the study of... Yes. Yeah. Like, what? Dead people? I thought animals. The bones, it? right? Or bones? Is it bones? It's, it's I don't like, know. It, 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 they think of the bones. Fossils? No, that's that's archaeology. <laughs> Shit. Anthropology. That's a different school. Eh, same thing. No. <laughs> yeah. Anthropology. That's archaeology. Yeah. Wildlife? Anthropology is the study of the origin and development of human societies and cultures. Okay, so. Uh -huh. Well, taxidermy tech is in red. Okay. Anthropology A&M is in blue. This is where we get the explanation of the game. We don't hear the rules. The announcers drowned out by the crowd. And the game begins. The opening kickoff is underway. Um, the kickoff is returned by Swivel Hips Smith. <laughs> who is an all-star, all-American for Taxidermy Tech. By the way, all the names in this short are the names of various members of the production crew. Oh. So Swivel Hips Smith, that's Claude Smith. He's an animator. Why the, do they call him Swivel Hips? His hips are just out just, of control. He get a hula hoop. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Degrati is Don Degrati, another animator. Sibley, John Sibley. Nordberg is Cliff Nordberg. And my favorite, Butterfingers Moose Williams is Roy <laughs> Williams who was nicknamed the Big Musketeer. Okay. And Big Roy because of his height and size. But why Butterfingers? Maybe he, he likes Butterfingers. Kind of well, I'm just saying, like, are they, like, so the swivel hip thing, mm -hmm. like, is that for the short specifically, or do they, in the studio, call this man swivel hip? No. I they, mean, they, after this, they probably call him swivel <laughs> hips, but... They probably did now, but I think for the short, because Butterfingers drops a ball, he, mm. he muffs it, so I think that's why they call him Butterfingers Moose. Williams. I think it's cute that they did that. Yeah. That is cute. They, like, named them after... I love that nickname, the Big Musketeer. That's <laughs> awesome. Big Musketeer. Moose. <laughs> Swivel Hip Smith ends up returning the opening kickoff for 105 yards and a touchdown right off the bat for Texas Henry Tech. So that they're up 7 nothing. On the next kickoff, Anthropology A&M ends up fumbling the ball, and it's recovered again by Taxidermy Tech. So they get the ball back on offense. On the next kickoff, Anthropology oh, A&M... She was saying about the... Uh... The backs of the jerseys. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, it looks like the photographs. So, like, you ever see the photographs of, like, the back of the football players? Like, yeah. Like, it looks like that. Oh. And I don't know if that's, like, a famous thing or, like, a nod to something famous. Didn't even think of that. You might uh, be onto something there, though. Oh, okay. I thought they just didn't want to show all the, like, hit, hit, like, Maybe. the stupid play. All the concussions. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this ain't important. This ain't important. This ain't important. Oh, touchdown. Yeah. Maybe the animators were just lazy and they didn't want to animate it. Oh, that mm. could be. Could be that. Lame. 
We see, okay, so Taxidermy Tech has the ball back on offense after the fumble. We see the two teams line up in formation for the next play, shifting and getting into position. Before Taxidermy Tech snaps the ball, he hands it off to the running back who gets eight yards. The announcer says, what a smart quarterback, or what a smart boy, I think is what he said, which is important because on the next play, the quarterback snaps the ball again. He slaps his lineman on the ass, which he did not appreciate that yeah. lineman. He yelped out in horror. So when he screams in terror, the quarterback, yeah, Barks uh, orders for the next play, and the running back, this time he stopped for a nine-yard loss, and the announcer says, what a dumb quarterback. <laughs> Just outwardly <laughs> insulting him on the broadcast. As a player is carted off the field on a gurney, presumably to his untimely death, the announcer explains to the spectator that football may appear rough, uh, rather rough at times, but in reality, it's a character-building game. Anyone got thoughts on that? Do you agree? That football's a character-building game? Yeah. Um, Keep in I, mind, we're seeing a player carted off to their presumed death. Well, I think that football's really, um, especially back then, very, like, physical mm. and injury-prone. Yeah, I don't play like that today anymore, right? The practice builds a character, not the games. Yeah, the games yeah. are brutal. The practice builds a yeah. character. And they didn't even have real helmets. Or pads. Leather, yeah. Leatherheads. Yeah. Leatherheads, right. They literally were just, like, out there, just... Basically commando, I mean, by today's standards. Yeah. Uh, it's third and 11 now, and the offense hands the ball off to DeGrotti, who hands the ball off to Gershwin, then to Sibley, but it's a fake. The players run all around the field trying to figure out who actually has the ball, and literally everybody on Anthropology A&M dogpiles on top of one poor taxidermy tech player, burying him deep below the surface, presumably to his death as well. Penalty is called though, but it's against taxidermy oh, tech. That's what Michael I was said. like. Wait, on the offense, fifteen yards for unnecessary roughness. But the, the, they piled on him. The player is literally buried into the ground, like deep. He's dead. Right. Like how is that unnecessary <laughs> roughness on him? Yeah, exactly. I think it's supposed to satirically show the. Um... The rough suck. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's yeah. that's putting it way nicer than I was gonna say. I mean, way. The inconsistency meaner. of refs' yeah. calls. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like how they're not. Great. That's actually a good point that I didn't realize until you said that. So it's 4th and 26 for Taxidermy Tech. They elect to punt the ball away to Anthropology. <laughs> but when they do, they fumble the ball because this time a bunch of uh, flashes from photo, uh, cameras go off. While he's on the field trying to catch it. <laughs> they think they give him some space, but yeah, no, right? just, they blind him. Listen, those paparazzi don't give a fuck. They're everywhere. <laughs> it blinds him and the ball hits him in the face and it's just on the ground for anyone to pick up. The ball spurts all over the field with everybody struggling to pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, in the end zone... Like a 99-yard fumble recovery? The ball made its way to the other end zone. And Nordberg, who was the guy who was blinded, picks he stumbles his way into the end zone and he just blindly picks it up for the touchdown. Yeah. But the extra point is blocked. This would be key for later in the game because now it is only 7-6. <laughs> If they made a mistake here because they said Anthropology A&M is going to receive, but it's actually Taxidermy Tech, and they're getting the ball back. Their first play from the 25-yard line is a pass, but it's intercepted this time. And he throws a – the quarterback for the team, like, throws a bullet that, like, bounces off of all his receivers' heads. And then through the hands of the last one. Yeah, and it's intercepted, and it, it, it's like that rug animation where, yeah. like, the field gets all the way bunched up, and it ends up being a touchdown for Anthropology A&M as well. So it's 12-7 now. Wow. They go for the extra point. <laughs> it's in! It's not! 
It's in. Yeah, it's so not. The ball like bounces on the goalpost. And then they give twelve and a half points. Because the referee fires his gun, which by the way they don't have guns on the field anymore. They keep them off the you field. The and the play clock don't continue as an extra point either. No, well, right? No, it would. The play clock doesn't continue for extra points. That's right. It stops. Right. Yeah, so, so there's really. So the half should have been over before, you know. The referee fires his gun. The gun, the bullet uh, pops the ball on the goalposts. So the officials get together and they decide to award half a point. So the score is now 12.5 to 7, which is not, no, you can't get half points in football. Kobe's like, oh my god, I hate this life right now. Put me down, put me down, put me down. Oh, that's Kobe. He's going to freak out on you. Get me out of here. Cleo lets me pick her up, Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Cleo. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so now it's halftime. Um, the halftime entertainment is a form of goofy cheerleaders from Taxidermy Tech. Yeah. <laughs> um, they inadvertently knock each other senseless, kicking and punching each other in the head. In the locker room, the coach, who's a master of confidence, goes over what's been wrong so far, and his method of doing is just, you, 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 you're wrong. <laughs> like, you're the reason we're losing. And they're uh, just laying there. They're right. all, like, rest, resting, like, with they, their eyes closed, laying down. They want to go down. home. They're yeah. done. They don't care anymore. The announcer informs us that to prevent overconfidence, he shames them. An aspect that's missing from today's game. There's no more shaming in football. <laughs> Threatening, then pleading, a saint and a devil. Yep. This coach is going through a lot at halftime. To yeah, get a lot of emotions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second half starts and Swivelhip Smith is back in the game. I don't know if we mentioned that, but the coach took him out after the first play because he wanted to save him. And, not, you know, he doesn't want him to get hurt, but he puts him back in the game. Well, they were never on offense again, were they? Well, because the fumble on the next play. Right. Oh, well, yeah, he wasn't on the kickoff, so I guess you're right. This time, Swivel Hips Smith returns another kickoff almost all the way, but he is crushed at the five-yard line by the other team, and he, too, is taken out on a gurney, presumably to his mortality and his death (laughs) as well. To his demise. The players are all mourning him, too, as he's being carted away. They're all crying because they know that... Because he's the best. Yeah. The momentum has turned in A&M's favor as the coach for taxidermy desperately tries to revive his player on the sideline. He's, like, giving him CPR, trying to get a pulse out of him. And time is running out. The whole half has gone by, apparently. We're at the end of the game. Taxidermy only has time for one more play. And Swivelhip Smith has a heartbeat, but he's clearly, like, out on his feet. Yeah. Which... They they just throw his ass back on the field, even though he's clearly... <laughs> they, like, shove him on there, and he's, like, falling over himself. Let me tell you, this is, like, the most realistic part of this short like of football. <laughs> he's, like, out on his feet. He has no business being out there. And they're just like, go, get out there. You want us the game. So, they snap the ball to Smith, um, and his teammates basically, they just shove him in the right direction. They just like, say, go. go that way. <laughs> and while he's, like, drunkenly stumbling all over the field, they take out everybody on the field. They block, and there's everybody. just piles of bodies just laying everywhere. You know what he needed? Some high quality H2O. Mm. Oh, he needed the uh, the the water from um from a glacier. Yeah, from a glacier. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It would have popped right back up. <laughs> or some sniffing salts, at least. Yeah, would have gotten back in. <laughs> As he drunkenly makes his way to the goal line to score the winning touchdown, one A and M player manages to regain his consciousness and chases him down the field. Smith is at the goal line without crossing it, and in his twilight-like stage, he manages to avoid the diving tackle from A and M causing that player to crash into the one side of the goalpost. It swings all the way around and just kind of, like, carries him by his ass into the end zone. <laughs> and that's the game-winning score. So Taxidermy Tech wins by a final score of 13 to 12.5. Half uh, a point. Half a point. You know, if they were betting on this game, usually 
half a point is how you avoid a tie, but there would be a tie <laughs> this one. Yeah. The announcer says that the real credit goes to the coach. It's his clear thinking and calm, livid, calm level-headed reasoning that makes football the great game it is today. And as he's saying all this, the coach is clearly in a crazy state. His like eyes, he's babbling. Yeah, doesn't yeah. he get like taken away? They put him in a straight jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they bring him to the loony bin. Things they could never do today. Yeah, guy. and that's how the short ends. <laughs> I didn't um, like this one. You didn't like it? No. I like this one because I thought, from like an entertainment standpoint, I thought it had the best jokes in it yes like visually yes. i liked it better than like the fishing one and and i think i like the baseball one better than this one but i don't know it just this one was definitely more like chaotic yeah and it, i just i just watching it found it to be, like i didn't lose interest in this one when watching it like there was a lot going on i feel like i just so. didn't feel like if somebody really wanted to learn what, how football worked i don't think it was very instructional no i don't True. think you well yeah. i think safe to say if you were trying to learn any of these things this would not be the right how-to video to watch yeah. you should yeah. find how to play football for dummies not goofies yeah <laughs> so really they were unsuccessful in what they were set yeah, up to do they were so this I, was a big failure it was okay but i i did that aside i i thought they were fun enough to watch yeah they were fun enough truth and enough joke to be funny yeah well, like you said, I think this was the best way to end our shorts for us because mm-hmm. we're I done agree. now. We have one. D O N done. We have one more short that we're gonna watch in the near future. It's just a Chippendale one, but I'm tagging it on with a movie. So we'll watch a movie. We'll watch a short. We'll talk about the short real quick, and then we'll watch a movie. But that's down the line. But that's it. Thanks for listening to the We Watch Disney podcast, everybody. Um, What's up next? Ne- oh, I'm so glad you asked. I was just going to tell you. Actually, Alex asked earlier. And you, <laughs> but you said, told her, wait. I yelled yeah. at her, yeah. <laughs> wait till the end. <laughs> wait till the end, Alex. That's ne- exactly how you sounded. <laughs> <laughs> next time, it is Saludos Amigos with two. our first look at two-thirds of the three caballeros. <gasps> the three wow. Caballeros. It's only the two caballeros. One of them's on it. We'll get to it. That's we'll your find clue. out. That's your clue, Don Donaldson. And Goofy's in it as well, so we'll see him again. Ooh. Yeah. Be sure to follow on Twitter at We Watch Disney. Spread the word and subscribe. We're basically everywhere you can find podcasts. We're there. Also, like to mention that if Disney World is your thing, check us out on YouTube at We Went to Disney. We go to Disney World and vlog about everything in Disney World. Food reviews, tours, everything. Hills is there. Well, she was there. I don't think she's there right now. No, she's not. But she's got some videos up there, including an engagement. That was cool. That was nice. Not hers. Not hers. No, not her. Um, We're going to be there soon. We are. We're going at the end of the month. We're going for Earth Day. We are going for Earth Day. We'll be there in October. And you'll be there in October. (laughs) See, we're always there. So there's videos there all the time. I think that's all that we have for this time. So it's a goodbye from... Kelly. And then, and of course... Thanks for listening to our web talk.